Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Sheila Fogarty. Lots of you calling in on how we best help Ukraine militarily. Um, uh, I'll get to your calls on that in just a second. Just want to focus on what Joe Biden was saying overnight um, when he gave his State of the Union address in Congress. He said that Vladimir Putin has badly misjudged how the West would hit back once he invaded Ukraine. Uh, Simon's here, Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent. Talk us through what he said, Simon. Well, it was stirring stuff, Sheila. There's no question about that. And it was accompanied by imagery of members of Congress waving Ukrainian flags, uh, wearing Ukrainian badges and expressing uh, support and solidarity with the Ukrainian people. But as to whether it was particularly thick on specifics, I'm not sure that's the case. But let's take a listen first to the president's rhetoric. Six days ago... Russia's Vladimir Putin sought to shake the very foundations of the free world, thinking he could make it bend to his menacing ways. But he badly miscalculated. He thought he could roll into Ukraine and the world would roll over. Instead, he met with a wall of strength he never anticipated or imagined. He met the Ukrainian people met the Ukrainian people and also, of course, met Western unity that the President of the United States said last night Vladimir Putin was not expecting to encounter. He made not a single demand in that speech of Vladimir Putin. There was no demand for a cessation of hostilities. We still have not heard the President of the United States make that call. There was no demand for an immediate Russian military withdrawal from Ukraine. We have still not heard the President of the United States make that call. The announcements that he made uh, focused on banning Russian airplanes uh, from American airspace, on vowing uh, to go after the ill-gotten gains of Russia's oligarchs. He said, we're coming for your yachts and your aeroplanes. There was one moment in the speech where he darkly intimated without going into detail, and this was an ad lib that the president made on the fly last night, that Vladimir Putin has no idea what's coming, but neither to the American people because the President of the United States didn't elucidate what he may have in mind for the future. And at one point in the speech, he sounded like a man who, despite uh, paying tribute to the resilience of the Ukrainian people, did not necessarily believe that Ukraine was going to end up winning this particular battle. And we're clear-eyed. Ukrainians are fighting back with pure courage. But the next few days, weeks and months will be hard on them. Putin has unleashed violence and chaos. But while he may make gains on the battlefield, he'll pay a continuing high price over the long run. But that high price will not include the imposition of a no-fly zone over Ukraine, as President Volodymyr Zelensky is demanding. Uh, The American president, like the prime minister yesterday, insisting that he is not going to allow himself to be dragged into a confrontation with the Russian president that, again, Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, intimated today could go nuclear. Yeah, and he, at the end of the speech with a big applause, um, he said something like, go get him or something, didn't he? Which is very gung-ho when you're not actually going to go and do it yourself. (laughs) 
Yeah, there is a lot of that. That that phrase was not included in the speech. Uh, it's not clear whether he was saying "go get him" of Vladimir Putin, or just more broadly saying to Americans, "Go get him." You know, in the sense that he had uh, spent the vast majority of his speech, the lion's share of it, focusing on domestic issues, insisting that relief from the pandemic right. is right round the corner. We can all take our face masks off. He's going to beat back the threat of inflation. So that message may have been directed at the American people, not at Vladimir Putin. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the speech, he insisted that we are going to save democracy, but at no point in the speech did he explain how he's going to do that. One of my guests um, in the last hour, former British military commander, um, said that the events that we're seeing unfold, although they are ongoing rather than one big event, um, are, are going to reshape the world as much as 9-11 reshaped the world. Um, the events of 9-11 um, reshaped the world. H how is, I mean, here in Britain, you know, there is, a, it, I, honestly, I've, I've noticed as I walk about and I'm on the tube, a lot of people just between themselves are talking about this. I and my family are talking about this. I mean, I'm, we're journalists, so perhaps we would more, but I'm hearing conversation in the street about it a lot as well. Is it as, is it as big a deal there? in people's minds. Well, it is here in Washington, D.C., and, of course, in New York and uh, San Francisco and uh, parts of the country also with sizable uh, Ukrainian diaspora populations. I mean, there's a, a famous restaurant up in New York called Veselka, uh, where you can actually buy yourself the best bowl of borscht for about 15 time zones, and uh, uh, there are uh, long queues snaking around the corner of patrons uh, wishing to show support for that particular restaurant. Restaurant. Mm. Uh, so it's definitely on the minds of people here. But President Biden in that speech last night, by focusing like a laser beam on domestic issues, uh, was reflecting the fact that opinion polls show him that 26 percent, only a quarter of the electorate here, believes that the United States should be playing a major role in Ukraine, that they are very concerned about the prospect of rising uh, petrol prices at the pump. So he went into great detail last night to explain to Americans how he's planning uh, to try and keep those prices down by releasing millions of barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve here and carving uh, payments out to Russia for oil from the sanctions regime mm. that he's introduced. At the end of the day, this is a president who knows the American people have no appetite for a war over Ukraine, and that's why he's calibrating his response to it, even if at the end of the day he is running the risk that Republicans going into midterm elections and the 2024 presidential cycle here will point to President Joe Biden as the man on whose watch Ukraine was lost. Thank you, Simon. Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent.